0: Hello and welcome to The Wise Why this morning. I am joined with a great man and honestly just before we went live we were just working out actually how long we've actually known each other. So yeah that goes back a few years and we didn't realise until we were in the studio. So as usual The Wise Why is not about me, it's about my guest. So Chris introduce yourself because your career is incredible.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> God, you've um, you've set me up there, Kirsty. I, I sometimes don't think it's exciting. I know my kids don't think it's been that exciting. Um, Chris Jones, um, I've been I, I have to be thankful because I've probably worked all my life. I don't think there's been any occasion where I, where I haven't been working, but my background was very much um IT and web development um for, for a number of years. Um but for the last 13 years I've worked for myself with a couple of companies um, that we started up but um, my heart was always IT and it it sort of I think I came at quite an interesting time because there was a transition between old and people may not know this but there was an old when before PCs there was this old sort of terminal server um, scenario and you had all this old ICL equipment which was then taken over by PCs. PCs started to come in, switches, hubs, routers. These were all new things that were, were coming onto the market. And I was just at that that time for, for selling that equipment. So really loved everything about the internet, what it was about, what it could deliver. Um, and it was just an exciting time. And um, at that time, if you'd have said, you'll be working for yourself in a number of years, I'd have probably said, absolutely no way, because I loved what I did. I thought it'd probably last forever, um, but the technology changed. Um, I, I think the last year of actually working was probably weirdly was probably the 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 the, the lowest salary that I ever had. Um, You know, there was some there were some great days in IT, and you'll probably remember as well, where you know it was. It was easy to make a lot of money, a real lot of money, and you—you know—it was new technology. You were—it was—and I I use this phrase um, sparingly, but it was—it was almost like the one-eyed man was king in the land of the blind because if you knew a bit about technology, you could go into a business and say, "Look, this is going to this is going to change your business. This is going to—you know—suddenly you've got PCs on everybody's desk, you've got hundred meg." Um, connections running to each desk. You can do things much faster, much quicker. Um, you know, you haven't got these massive ICL systems and IBM mainframes and all this sort of thing, tapes and floppy disks and all this sort of thing. And suddenly, you went to this new networking scenario, and it was a really exciting time. So that was that was quite an exciting time for me, and and, and very enjoyable my last job that i worked at was with a, a web development company and i always joked with my boss that yeah you know, i'd never worked for myself and it was just out of the blue really that i just had this crazy idea about um, using google analytics at the time google analytics was fairly new um, and i used it as a tool i used to look at our website and go okay Who's coming to the website? I don't wanna be making 100 phone calls a day. Let me see who's coming to the website. Let me understand what they're showing interest in. And I would just phone people up. So if you came onto our website or your company, I would know that you probably, there's a probably interest in doing something web-wise or doing something, a solution that you were looking at. And then I would just follow that up accordingly. And it just seemed to work very well. And it worked for a number of of companies. Um, So just had this idea to, start this little company little consultancy called glue Um, and it was really analyzing analytics social media to help small businesses find out who was coming to them who would be possible targets for them to sell to Um, maybe a couple of years in and this was with an old partner we looked at um, events and we knew nothing about events we wouldn't we had no experience and the naivety at the time was we wanted to do the consultancy work in the week, and we wanted to do the um, events at the weekend. And we thought that would just work, you know, perfectly. Little did we know And sort of 13 years later, the consultancy is probably sort of gone to about 5% of what we do. And the event is about 95% of what we do. So, um, yeah, the last, the last few years have been just very interesting. Working for yourself is challenging, rewarding, um, every emotional you can you <laughs> think of, um, because it's events and it's event staff. Um, there's always something that's going to throw you. It's a learning day every day. Um, but I love what I do. And, um, you know, touch wood, long may it last.
0: And I love the fact that you've just almost described my entire working life for the last 20 years in that that synopsis there, because like you, I found myself in the IT industry and that's what we were just talking about. You know, there I was working for D-Link and I think you were at Allied Telesis at the time. And so we've got that. I also worked for Intel and I, I taught people and I love this. You know, I remember the days before a PCI MCIA slot and you, I launched the Pentium for mmm onto the market, I do a mmm because it was the mmm for mobile and then of course we then went into the Centrino platform and all these wonderful things but prior well actually no as I was doing that I was also working in events
1: and then
0: after my life in in I went into tech a bit more and really really thrived in the tech industry and then I found myself like you an accidental business owner and I love I and I love it and that imposter syndrome that you just talked about is really real and people don't realize that we still have it even if you if you are thriving in business that insecurity is still there
1: yeah now, it's, it's a it's a it's a it's a massive thing I don't I don't, I don't know why we suffer it um but, you know, even today, I'll, there'll be some days I'll just go, what is going on? You know, people, I'll, I'll hear somebody, and I think it's probably because you, it's a lack of understanding of, of maybe certain situations, because I'll hear people talking about something, and I'll just go, I haven't got a clue what you're talking about. And I, But I'm honest enough to say, listen, I don't know what you're talking about. I need to find out or go away and find out or whatever, because... It's like, there'll be a terminology that comes up and I'll think, I don't know what that means. Should I know what that means? You know, and the worry then sets in and then nine times out of 10, all it is is some newfangled term that replaces something that you've known for a number of years anyway and you've called it something else. But um, yeah, it's interesting. But as I say, every day is a learning day. So, And and I'm I'm always keen to learn. It's not a case of, I'd hope one of my strengths is that over the years I've we've adapted and had to adapt and not afraid to you know take on new challenges or learn new things or understand new things or new ways of working because I one of my worries is as you get older and I sort of think I don't want to be the the old guy that still wants to use a quill and a bit of ink to write something you know it's it's you want to keep up with the times you want to make sure you're up with things And as long as I think I've still got that passion and desire to do that, I think I'll always, you know, always be in business.
0: Oh, I I love it. And and actually, last week we were in Stratford and we took our daughter into a museum, an old museum, and she actually picked up the quill and the ink and drew a beautiful picture. I gave it to my brother because it was his birthday. Beautiful picture out of ink. And it took forever to dry. but that's just given me a lovely image of that quill and ink because actually you're right. Um, the kids, you know, my daughter had never seen a quill and ink and she was absolutely fascinated by it. So something I want to talk about just quickly is the events industry that you're now in. You're really firmly with your feet planted and how people don't see what you do. It just happens.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. I mean, we, we, we've got, as I say, we, we're, we're a staff agency. So we supply staff for events in and around Oxfordshire and, um, one of, our, one of our biggest challenges is that people don't know who we are. So, and, and I, I'm going to be very Oxford-centric here, so apologies, but if you look at the Westgate, if you look at Sheldonian Theatre, if you look at Blenheim Palace, if you look at Stoner Park, if you look at, um, um, oh God, I can't think of some of the places, any, any sort of university place, we have staff working there Jack FM, for example as well if we have people working for these organizations but you wouldn't know it's it's boys and girls people that are working because we're either in black or whites or we're in we're in branded uniforms for those organizations um and i've always just had it as a real challenge and i sort of i've had sleepless nights about it and sort of wondered how we could how we could affect that but it's it really is just a case of um, keep, keep us keep doing good work, and where we can push the message in social media, um, which is such a you know strong thing to do now. But um, yeah, the early stages, it was interesting just knowing that we do something, we did we've done some really interesting stuff over the years. But nobody would nobody would know it was us doing it. And um, I mean, I'll give you an example. Last year. Um, Hillary Clinton came over for um, her graduation and a couple of other things, and we looked after her on a, a dinner one evening, and the next evening we looked after her at the Sheldonian for a graduation service. But nobody would ever associate that those two things with us because they were part of the university. But you know, it was our guys stewarding, it was our guys at the dinner, sort of thing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's it's just fascinating the stuff that we do um but again and, I, and I sometimes i go to meetings and i say to people oh we've done this this and this and i'm sure they look at me and go no nah, that hasn't happened and we're like yeah we <laughs> and sometimes we are able to take pictures and stuff other times we're not and we we just have to run with it but um the events industry is just such a great diverse industry so many different things you know the thing that i love is that phone that phone can ring and you just don't know what it's going to be. It could be absolutely anything. It could be, you know, the opening of a restaurant to um, uh, uh, an orchestra playing at the Sheldonian Theatre, to a car show somewhere, to a promotion of a new shop, to a um, uh, uh, running a, a bar somewhere. There's so many different things that, that it, it it does, and that's that's one of the great loves and passions that I have. That you know, we could do, we could be doing so many different things, and I think it's interesting for our staff as well because it's not, you know, I certainly wouldn't want to be coming to the same thing, doing the same thing every day. It's great that we can, we've got a real range of different clients, and we're doing so many different things, you know, day in day out, sort of thing, really.
0: I I loved my time. I really did. You know, I used to run huge events at um, places like the NEC with teams of girls. And sometimes I'd have a team of 20, sometimes a team of 40, um, sometimes just a team of two. And it was really good fun. And you had little slogans that you had to do. You had to stick within the brand guidelines. And the, the events industry actually underpins an awful lot of what I do with my clients today when I talk about branding and I talk about, you know, being true to your brand your brand voice um a lot of that I learned in the events industry because it overarches everything because you were a brand ambassador you are representing a brand and if you did it incorrectly I mean I can remember this is the days where people used to smoke so you know you'd have to say to your staff, yes you can smoke but you've got to cover your branding you've got to go around the corner you've got to be as far away from the stand as humanly possible people are not allowed to eat or drink in branding so we'd have to put a coat on and people don't realize that actually eating and drinking you're just having your lunch break not in branding you're not and it was just I mean some of the times when you've got a team of that you'd then get back to my hotel and I (laughs) this way people laugh I was washing uniforms in the bath and laying it out, okay, because the uniform had to be clean the next day, especially if you were doing a drinks promotion and the the fizzy drink had gone all over the uniform. So you'd be there washing it out. And I wasn't the only uh, event manager doing it at the time, because you know I was on a skincare promotion, and the e at the event manager at that point, I was the assistant, and we were scrubbing in the bar the uniforms, uh, bringing them out in towels, and hanging them up.
1: <laughs> good, stuff, good
0: stuff. Good stuff. So, um. Yeah we're going to touch that big the big covid 19 it must have hit you quite hard.
1: Yeah, painful. Absolutely painful. I mean you in business you you face challenges every day. There's always something that's that gets in your way you you you're looking for that smooth growth sort of up and you know hopefully the upward curve year in year out but you know there's always sort of troughs and dips etc but COVID, the problem with COVID, it was just something that we didn't understand. We'd never heard it. We'd never understood what it's about. You know, a recession you knew about and you knew what it involved and you knew you know you had to tighten belts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And there was a plan how you would get through it. But with COVID, I remember um obviously we we you, you couldn't come into the office. You were sort of at home for a while, and I remember. Being at home watching the BBC news as everybody was and you were literally watching every interview every bit of thing to get a gleam a bit of information and I think the general bub was going to be okay a couple of months it'll be all over and we'll be back to work so you were just waiting for that that scenario and I remember listening to and it was a lady I think she was a politician and she said this was probably about two weeks in and she said oh, I hope you'll realize this is going to be nine months or more. And I just absolutely, and I'm unashamed to say it, I absolutely just broke down at that point. Mm-hmm. I just started to cry because I was thinking, our businesses are all based on interaction, face-to-face interaction. So it was just, it was a moment of absolute devastation of, you know we've got three or four businesses that rely on interaction people being together events etc etc um and yeah it was just a moment and um i went away sort of gathered my thoughts and we really had to think about what we, what we were going to do what you know if it was nine months what was going to happen and and not, not only from a I suppose not only from a commercial perspective, but also from a retention of staff perspective as well, because we have anything from a hundred a hundred to 150, hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty staff on at any one time doing bits and pieces. And suddenly, you know, there was a week where we just had phone call after phone call, was just canceling every event that we had planned. Because usually we have a forward plan two, three months, or maybe six months, things, bigger events coming up in the summer or whatever, and everything just canceled. So there was a moment where it was just, there's nothing happening. This lady's now saying, this thing could last for at least nine months, and we were thinking, this is the end, this is, you know, the business is going to is gonna finish. Um, and I think one of the things that, that comes out of it, and I think it's, where business people, and I suppose other people, I don't want to just say it's business people, but where I think you get strength from is you suddenly have to go right. I'm either going to have to pivot, or I'm going to have to do, or to ride this out, but make sure I'm ready to to start again as soon as as soon as it, it, it's able. Um, the pivot option for for at that time was everybody was saying, look, we're going to go hybrid, and. I sort of thought to myself, well, hybrid's great, but it doesn't help us because everybody being virtual, everybody doing Zooms, everybody doing what, like what we're doing now, these streams, that's great and there's we're still communicating, but it's not helping my business in the fact that I've got 150 people who still want to get out and work and do events. So we really had to think about, okay, we need to be ready and one of the things and I had a great conversation with one of my friends, um, a lady called Amy, and we we just sort of talked to her, about, okay, what do we need to do? What do we what do we need to be ready with for when events do come back? Because they will come back at some point. Um, and what will we need to be uh, prepared for? Because things like, you know, Social distancing and PPE masks and all this were all foreign things, and we didn't understand it. So it was, it was we we actually set up a an events group, uh, and we contacted venues, um, DMOs, um, event organisers, um, caterers, all sorts of people, and said, look, we want to have a, a unified voice for Oxford and Oxfordshire. When we all come out of this thing, and um, we set up this group on LinkedIn, and weirdly, obviously, it was it was online, but every week we just got together and go right, what's the challenges, what's the latest, what's the latest um, instruction from the government, and it was such a good melting point of getting information and making sure that we were up to speed. We knew what was going to be happening. Right. Okay. You can have 30 people outside. You can have this amount of people if it's going to be an outside function. You can do six people if it's indoor. All these things were changing on a regular basis. And so when it did get to a point of, you know, you could actually start doing things again. And yeah, we still we still did some hybrid stuff. I mean, we had a we had, I think we actually did the first <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I think we actually did the first hybrid event down at the King Centre in the country, where six of us got together, Um, the guys from James Walton and his guys from um, that that event company set up this streaming uh, situation. And we did the first hybrid event um, in the UK. And it was just fantastic. We actually got into conference news. I think it it was put into conference news. But um we did get away from we did get back to that you know we could do something now and i remember we did um we did the um the vice chancellor's speech at at the sheldonian theater and we'd done this thing for a number of years and basically it would you get you could almost get like 300 400 professors who would be going into the sheldonian to listen to the speech for the vice printer of what's going to happen for the next for the next year but this event was completely toned down she was in an encapsulated plastic sort of booth we had to make sure that all the professors were spaced out across the theater there was only probably about 150 um but it got us back to events and what and what you can actually do but obviously masks and as i say social distancing and all this sort of thing but it was yeah, it was it was a challenge. It was a real interesting challenge. And um, you know, I you hope we don't have to ever do anything like that again. But mm-hmm. I think as business owners, you've always got to have a contingency plan. You've always got to and it's not it's not um paranoia, but I think you've always got to think what would happen tomorrow. What would what would what could happen tomorrow? What's happening? You know, I I get get things like Barron's Daily as a uh, an email notification and it's just telling me what's going on in in sort of business and 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 what the expectations are because it's you know is the recession gonna hit are we gonna do you know is something else coming down the pipeline do we look need to look at new technology do we need to look at you know you know this I suppose things like this sort of central bank digital system that's supposedly come along do we need to understand that mm-hmm. do we need to understand um crypto, do we need to understand all those sort of elements, blockchain and all those sort of things? What's what could be the impact? So I think you've always got to be asking yourself question, what next? What next? But um, yeah, that was that I think that's probably been the most challenging time we've had as a a business. And um, I I think we did okay just getting through it. I mean, it it was emotional, it was stressful, um, not working for nearly six seven months um is going to cause a strain for anybody um luckily we had a few pennies in the bank and um um the 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 rates rebate things sort of helped to get to, to get us through but uh, um yeah challenging challenging times
0: and of course that's when i met you you know yes. met you yeah. again yeah. so um yeah because I just launched the business which I think was and you reached out and you were doing clubhouse at the time and yeah. you invited me almost as the startup and interesting enough I felt I was sitting on that call my office at that point was slightly different setup and I felt like a complete imposter <laughs> and I honestly I was like why am I on this call and I came on, and, <laughs> um, and I said to my husband I've just been on a clubhouse call and he went Clubhouse went. Yeah, let's not. Th- th- don't worry about that. But I was talking <laughs> to people who are really big in Oxfordshire. And I was on the call, and he went, "How'd you feel?" I went, "Like a fraud." But it was really good. You and were I think brilliant. Went, no, you were brilliant.
1: It was. He was <laughs> and I, and I, but that's the thing. I. Th- I just think. I think we all worry about things that probably aren't. There's nothing to worry about. People. I think we're we're using our insecurities to to prevent us moving forward and prevent us doing what we do it does I I don't think if you're business day one or day 30 you can still not know everything you can still got things to learn you know as long as you're trying to give a good service or deliver a good product that's all that matters and if you're in business I don't think you know how you do it why you do it some of those things I just think don't worry about it. I, I say to sort of young, my youngsters, you know, just do the best that you can. Don't worry about what other people are thinking. You're on your journey. Your journey is your journey. Nobody else can impact it. They might try and trip you up or whatever, but you're on your journey. Things will go well, things will go bad, but it's your journey. And, and people judging it is, is, it's a I think it's it's a waste of time and b it doesn't have any relevance it's 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 um yeah no it's i that's one thing I would say to a lot of youngsters about don't worry about, you know that old school and I remember it you know you'd be in the schoolyard and people you'd do something wrong and people would take the Mickey out of you and maybe call you a name and you know you'd be paranoid about it for months, weeks years whatever and it might it might have effect on you for ages but the reality is. In the end. nobody really cares, and nobody would even bother to remember it in in months to go or day you know, weeks later. But I think it sits in your head more than it actually needs to.
0: Really good advice. So I want to touch on who has inspired and supported you.
1: Wow, good question. Um, uh, inspired, uh, I met. I well, I met. I. I I listened to a talk by a very interesting guy. I don't even know. It's a guy called Stuart Miller, and he was one of the original founders of Buy Box. It's a business in. Um, it's one of the. It's similar like to these Amazon boxes that uh, they did a similar thing, but um, just under a different guise. And Stuart Miller was just one of the most engaging people I'd ever met. He he came to do a talk at. Um, what was then the Clarendon Business Center. And he was just talking about business in general. And I went along, didn't have any sort of preconceived ideas, but just wanted to listen to what he had to say. You know, I always keen to sort of, as I say, learn and understand people. And he told this really great story about how his business was like a, a pirate ship, and he was a captain. And um, it was just, you know, sailing around the world, just pillaging and going crazy and and um, whatever but the analogy was almost like you know sometimes your business is sort of all here there and everywhere but it's just a matter of trying to make it as smooth as possible um, and i was so i was so taken by this by this conversation uh, this speech that, you, that we had a conversation afterwards and he mentored me on, you know, quite a few occasions and, and gave me some great bits of advice. And one of the the, the yeah. bits of advice, and, I, and and it's still apparent today, he said, I, I think we were talking about marketing. And he said, look, you have to think more about things. He said, if you had a million pounds, you could, sm- you could spend a million pounds really quickly on marketing and advertising. And you, you could do a television ad, you could do all these things. And you, you might not get the responses you want. But if you really have to think about it, if you only have a hundred pounds and you have to think about it and really think, how am, the, am I gonna get the best out of this hundred pounds? Target audience, who is it gonna who are you gonna appeal to? What's the message you're gonna get out? And you have to really, really, really think you'll get far more out of it. And I've used that up to this day. It's you know yeah, we could spend a lot of money on a lot of things. But it's always been right, how do I squeeze the most out of what we've got, and not just a case of let's just spend money doing stuff. So Stuart was a a massive influence and and gave me some great advice. And there was another guy called Dave Beasley, who ran um, beeline um, graphics, and then went on to Oxford Office Equipment, who I've just known for years. And he's just one of the most resilient people you'll ever meet. He's, he's, you know, old school salesman, just always looking for opportunity, always, um, just always on every day. Uh, And that that's something that again, I've tried to take into thing. And, you know, I think, over the years, you just try and take little pieces from different people and just go, ah, oh, what do you do well? Right, okay, we'll try and in. What do you do well? You know, again, you're still on your journey, but what can you take? What little bits of experience can you take from? You know, there's a guy called Stuart Crook who's one of the partners at Weller's, and you know, I just admire what he does and how he runs. You know, helps run that business, and you sort of just go right I could I could take a bit of that and use that in our business or I could take a little bit of this and use that but, but um, <coughs> excuse me as I say it's just a learning it's, it's a learning curve. I don't think you know we would I will never be in a position where I say I know everything and that's it now um, you know I'm gonna you know just I think everything's gonna work perfectly because I just know being Working for ourselves now for you know I say thirteen years, something will happen today. Something will happen tomorrow, and it'll be something new completely that hasn't happened before. And it's like, right, how do we get out of this? How do we resolve this situation? So again, what? What? Who could I phone? Who could I speak to? Who's going to be able to give me some bits of information? Who's going to be able to? And you know, it's that that old thing. And one thing that I always used to do, it. People used to think, I'm sure people used to think I'm an idiot, but I would be in a networking situation or a, a group or whatever, and somebody would say something. And I would just ask the question. I wasn't embarrassed to, you know, I know some people go, or oh, I'm not going to ask that question because I don't want to embarrass myself and I don't want to look silly in front of other people. But I would say, what is that? What does that mean? Because I'd want to know the answer and I'd want to grow and I'd want to understand. And I'm sure people would, some people would go, oh, you probably should know that. And other people would go, God, thank goodness you asked that because I wanted to know that and I didn't understand it either. Because I'd get people later on coming up to me and said, yeah, good thing you asked that because I didn't have a clue either. But I just wasn't afraid of that. And even today, I'll still do the same thing. It It could be awkward. It could be. You know, embarrassing. It could be you know something very basic, but I'll still ask the question because I just want to learn. I want to understand. I want to improve my business, Um, and so I'm not afraid to ask the question. So, yeah, those. I, I think those are the people generally that have inspired. But I'm inspired every day with with people just you know, just with their journeys. And the other thing I think is keen to remember is you've got to remember everybody's on their own journey. but everybody's also is having problems as well. I think we assume everybody else is all right, and it's only you having a problem that day. But the amount of people who've got, you know, commercial issues, family issues, health issues, uh, you know, whatever, that they probably won't be telling you about, but they're just trying to go on with their normal working day, trying to deliver what they deliver. And... You've got, you've got. A, you've got to. I think you've got to have empathy for them. And B, you've got to. You've got to remember they might say something to you today, but it's a different answer tomorrow because there will be in a different mindset or there'd be a different headspace because of what they're going through. And you know, I think we touched on it just before we started. It's you know, with staff, I used to be very sort of, "Come on, we've got to do this." Da, 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 da. But now it's like, okay, let's understand what you know. Why did you? Want to turn up late today or why did why didn't you fancy working that shift or why did you make that phone call and it's almost like let's understand a bit more with the problem so we can help you get through it rather than you know just going oh you've let us down and oh you've let the client down etc etc and i think and i think that that probably comes with age as well but um it's it's um yeah i i think you you've just got to be open and learn every day that's the key for me
0: I think age has got is it's wonderful. I'm going to put it out there. I love my age. I love your resilience, by the way. And I love the child, the childish wonder that you have. And I think that's really, really I find something that we both have. I ask the question as well, because I want to know, and I'm on, I'm obviously inspired by my daughter every single day. And she if she doesn't know, she says, why is that? So, you know, hence the why's why? Why? Uh, to explain more. But I love, um, I just love your resilience. So yeah an age wow <laughs> I love the fact that I am my age that I am of an age that I am you know menopausal I am old as I said the other day an old crone but the wisdom that that gives me is incredible because it does allow me to go you know what I'm not gonna get stressed about that yeah, I am definitely. gonna get stressed about that but I'm not gonna I can choose because the emotions are a little bit I don't know more in control?
1: Or maybe yeah, that's in my tea. <laughs> uh, Definitely, definitely. And it's, 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 I, I think it brings a calmness as well. You know, I, 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 I now think my life is calmer because I don't, I don't want to get that stressed about things. No, you know, there was an old adage of, you know, we used to say in the IT business, uh, when it was sales guys, it was like, you didn't get a deal. And it was like, hold on a minute. I'm not saving lives here. We're just selling IT stuff. not you know if you're a doctor or a surgeon and you've got that person on the bed and you've got to operate that's saving lives that's stress Not not selling a you know pc card or a a three com (laughs) hub or a hp switch or something you know it's like no that, that isn't that isn't stressful at all so you know, with age I think the calmness comes which is brilliant as well.
0: So we've had Haley join us which is just beautiful um, and she's I, I love Haley. she's just brilliant um, she said she's really excited to hear all about you um, so and she's finally here for the full one which is even better and she said asking my first scary ask was in the sales training session 20 years ago the trainer said sales are six Click call. Now, good luck for that one because I'm dyslexic. And I didn't know that word, so asked. I definitely saw some uh, relieved eyes around the table. That was the day I realised simple explanations have their place. And yep. absolutely, and I love simplifying jargon. I really do. Um, this is where you the tables turn. You get to ask me a question that I've got no idea what it's going to be. So, fire away. I ha, I, I kind of love this and also dread it. <laughs> yeah, I
1: know. Um, I was going to ask. What, what's been your happiest time in life?
0: That's a really good question. Um, I'm going to say that it has been since I met Dennis. And yes, we have had our ups and we've had our downs. We've had some massive heartaches along the way. But Dennis is absolutely the moment that my life turned around, the moment that I found roots. It's the reason I rooted in Oxfordshire because I was very transient before that. Um, I didn't know how to build roots. And this man came along, um, he was a lot younger than me, I hasten to add, he's uh, seven and a half years younger. And I, I ran away and didn't want to go out with him because I was an old bag. And why would he want to be with me? And he chased and he he was there six weeks later because I used to have a rule that said nobody's gonna get under my skin. I I was Divorced at this point. So um, I was that kind of not bitter but very defensive divorcee. And somehow, 14, maybe 15 years later, um, I look every single day and I have Dennis. And so yeah, um, the last 14 years have been absolutely the best, the happiest. I'm so grateful, and I'm going to continue to respect and love my husband and my daughter and my beautiful little life because um, it really is what makes me happy.
1: The, the great thing about that, all the way through while you were talking, you were smiling. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, I, if everybody could be like that when they're doing something, you know, you speak to some people, it's like, well, oh, yeah. But that answer you gave then, every moment you were smiling. So that was brilliant. Thank you.
0: It's all right. He it, he changed my life. And, and it really is that simple. He changed my life. I wouldn't be here doing this, loving every Friday morning, hearing about other people's stories if it wasn't for him. Um, I wouldn't actually have my beautiful, amazing camera that I use because he bought it for me. And it's that support. That, that belief that he had when I was setting up and I was like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? I'm never going to succeed. I look now back and go, actually, I'm doing really well. But if he hadn't been the first person, he gave me the first two grand, the seed money to set up. And he went, off you go and play. He gave, he gifted me the time to build the brand. And there's more than that. I, mean, I can hear him in the, in the hallway because we've got a, a, a day off today. And it's just, yeah. He's brilliant um I've got to say thank you so much for joining me this morning um we've gone to 39 minutes so I always trying to wrap it up around the, the half an hour but this has been an absolute blast thank you for your time
1: no thank you thank you for inviting me. It, it, it's great to it's great to talk sometimes just to, <laughs> just to talk about life so but thank you so much and um I'm sure we'll we'll do other things and hopefully we both have um, and, and the listeners as well, I hope we'll have, we'll all have a great 2023.
0: We are going to have a great 2023.
1: (laughs) Good stuff.